we are moving right along in our series, Unlocking Heaven. And we are in the, I guess, fourth part of this. And uh, we begin this series uh, talking about uh, the blueprint for prayer. Uh, we uh, looked at how that Jesus uh, said how important it was to continue to pray no matter how we feel. Luke chapter 18, men ought always to pray and not faint. Uh, we also talked about in week one, the Lord's Prayer and how that that was a model for how we should pray and how that we should implement that, uh, you know, in our prayer life. We also, in week number two, uh, we talked about Jehoshaphat's prayer. You remember that Jehoshaphat was surrounded by his enemies and he offered a prayer of deliverance. And as a consequence of his prayer of deliverance and his faith and how that he organized the musicians, they began to celebrate before God had did what he said he was going to do. God opened the door and he gave them a great victory over their enemies. And then last week we talked about Moses and we learned how to intercede. We talked about the importance of intercessory prayer. Amazingly, one of the things that God reminded us or showed us is that that our intercessory prayers can change the whole course and direction of a situation. Like in one case, you remember Moses, as we talked last week, was praying that God would not, you know, allow annihilate his people who was rebellious and who didn't follow through with what they said they would do. God thought about just really just uh, wiping them off the planet, starting all over again with Moses and Moses interceded. He said, Lord, don't do it. And as a consequence, God changed his mind. And so we learned that the power of intercessory prayer is indeed a force to be reckoned with. And my prayer is that all of us will understand and begin to implement that in our lives. In other words, that you become an intercessor for other people because who knows what God will do? And that's the whole purpose. Who knows? And so today I want to talk to you today about breakthrough prayer. The term breakthrough symbolizes some kind of a push. It symbolizes a strain. It's a terminology that brings up the idea of opposition. It's one of the reasons why that we find that prayer sometimes can be somewhat of a challenge. And the reason primarily is a challenge because prayer is a spiritual thing and we are in the flesh naturally here on earth. Now, our, our goal is to be walking in the spirit. So to the degree that we learn to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, the more effective our prayer life would be because you really cannot walk effectively in the spirit and not have a dedicated prayer life. And so we understand that we talk about breakthrough prayer. We're talking about breaking through some of the challenges and the obstacles and the barriers that we all face in life. Some of us are dealing with issues with regard to relational problems. Perhaps you're sitting here today, you know somebody who is addicted to drugs, who's a lot of people today are, are just overwhelmed with this drug called heroin that's really destroying a lot of people's lives. Perhaps you're needing a financial breakthrough. Perhaps you're having an issue on the job, whatever the case might be, and, and you've really been praying. Maybe you have some health challenge, some problem in your home that you've been praying for a long time. How many of you would, by show of hands, I just want to kind of get an idea. How many of you have been praying for something for a long time and it seemed like it just haven't happened yet? Come on. And, and, but but, but and then how many of you believe that, that what you're praying is within the confines of the will of God? 
So we're talking about breakthrough prayer. So there's, there's, there's something that we got to understand because, and, and, and I'm going to set this stage for this because we must understand that there are opposition forces that have aligned themselves with the distinct purpose to try to thwart the will of God for our lives. You got to get that. There are spiritual forces. You can't see them. And no, I know it's around Halloween. And trust me, the devil is not walking around in a red suit in a pitchfork. Trust me. That's not how he operates. That's a fleshly connotation there. But there are, there are demonic forces that are at work all around with the express purpose to try to hinder what God wants to do in your life. And, and, and one of the challenges, and Jesus said this in Luke 18, 1, he said, men are always to pray and never faint. He said, men are always to pray and not faint. Men are always to pray and not faint. Watch this. I want you to get it. What Jesus is saying there is that in order for you to make it through to the other side, experience your breakthrough, you got to stay at it. You got to not quit. You can't be looking at the natural because I, I say this all the time because there, 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 there are forces of darkness that are at work. God is working some things behind the scenes and we don't understand it all. But here's what I do understand is that when we stay committed to what God is calling us to do, then we, 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 are, we position ourselves to experience what it is that God wants to bring about in our lives. And so one of, the way, one of the ways that we break through in prayer is through this idea of fasting. I know that not everybody, I don't, I, I, I just, I, I say it every year, I say it again. It, it qualifies to be said every year. I do not like fasting. Uh, I do not like turning up my plate. I have a very strict regimen in terms of how I eat. I know everybody gives me a whole lot of chocolate, but, but I, but you know, I do limit myself and I'm very, very careful. And, 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 but I don't like fasting. I don't like giving up nice meals. I like my salmon. I like it nice and seasoned. My wife was shaking her head like, oh God, like every single night. I mean, I do not like fasting because naturally our body shouts against it. But it's something about a spiritual fast. When, when I say spiritual, because if you're just fasting for the sake of fasting, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you want our spiritual breakthrough. When you're fasting for the purpose of having heaven come down and God move on your behalf, it's amazing what that will do for you. And Jesus said this, when you fast, he didn't say if, look at Matthew chapter 6. This fasting should be a natural part of your spiritual discipline, just like your devotions. That every now and then, depending on what you're going through, what you're dealing with, it's a good idea to turn up your plate and say, you know what? I'm not going to eat today. I'm going to use this time to fast. That's what we're doing this time, this week, church. We're saying, we're, we're going to, you know, this is the time to use what I'm eating. But for this week, God, I'm making a sacrifice because, God, I need you to move. I need a breakthrough. There's been some things that has been in my way, and I need to break through it. So, you know, I'm going to turn up my plate. I'm going to seek God this week. Let me tell you, how many know that God will honor that? He will honor that. So why do we call, why do we call this sermon Breakthrough Prayer? See, I want you to understand something. Breakthrough is really a, a military concept. When an invading army is able to weaken its enemy forces to the point of collapse, we call that a breakthrough. Now, I want you to understand something. A breakthrough only really matters when it occurs at a strategic location. We're using war terms. 
You know, for an example, you know, when, when the terrorists was, in, was, was trying to invade our country in 2001, they thought about strategic locations. They, they thought about our Twin Towers. That's the capital, kind of like, you know, New York of our financial institutions and what the Twin Towers represented. Uh, they tried, they hit the Pentagon. That's our military might. And then they believed that one of the planes that crashed in Pennsylvania was really destined for the White House. And so, so what they were thinking about was they, need, they wanted to try to, at least in their mind, they wanted to break through. And so they thought about strategic locations. You see, in war, now understand this, because everybody, look at the name and say, you're in war. You're in a war. I know y'all don't like to think of that, but I say it all the time because Satan don't want you to think that you are. He really don't. He wants you to just think that you're just a Christian, just living your own life, doing your own thing, just waiting to die and go to heaven. That's what Satan wants you to think. Look at your name and say the devil is a liar. <laughs> and war, the evidence that a location is strategic is by the amount of forces amassed to protect it. All right. So this means that an invading army can expect to be met by a barrier of fierce opposition. Now stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this this morning. And so what happens is when an invading army want to invade territory, these forces will begin to amass to fight, to try to, to, try to fight it off. Intense fighting always precedes strategic breakthroughs. Are y'all listening to me? Say amen. Intense fighting. Hear this. Every time... That whenever there's a breakthrough, whenever, whenever, whenever there's an invasion into a strategic location, there's going to be intense fighting. Why? Because they're going to, because, because the, the fact that they have amassed all of this, 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 this protection, they're, they're saying that this is a serious spot. This is a, uh, th th this is something that we have to defend. And so whenever a break, before a breakthrough happened, there's going to be fierce opposition. There's going to be fighting. If an army is aiming to take a strategic location, it can expect fierce opposition. Strategic ground is not yielded easily. Now, Pastor, where are you going with all this? This is important. Because the church is called or is an invading force. Now, I want you to understand the Bible calls Satan the God of this world, not because Satan controls the world. Everybody knows that Satan is not in control. If you even believe that, say amen. Satan is not in control. But what it does mean is that, that, that he's a God of this world because people of this world and mass numbers have decided to follow him. All right. So now, so God has called the church, watch this, to be an invading force. In other words, we are literally invading Satan's territory by nature of being a church. Every time a church come up and a church is decided to be a, a, a church is making a decision to to advance the kingdom of God. And that church is is, is planted in a strategic location. How many know that you can expect some fierce opposition? See, say I've even learned this. Say no mind people going to church. Satan, don't, Satan just don't want people getting saved. Satan is okay with a bunch of people coming to church and not being discipled, not really being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Satan is okay with you having great, really awesome, awesome programs, but people's lives are not being transformed by the gospel. Satan's cool with that. But man, when you start saying that you're going to come into the enemy's territory, 
Watch this, church. And you're going to invade. You're going to change lives. You're going to get people saved. You want to make this. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's, that's, oh, how many know now the enemy is going to put up a front? He's going to fight you. He's going to fight you, buddy. Come on, you know, because Satan is not going to give up his territory easily. When somebody is hooked on drugs on, and you've been praying for them, how many know Satan is not going to give up that territory easily? If there's a history of divorce in, 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 that, 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 that runs deep in your family, that, you know, it's generational, Satan is not going to give up that territory easily. He's going to fight you. He's not going to relinquish that. When, when, when people got emotional problems, people are suicidal, when people are, are feeling hopeless, and, and you're there as a church, and you're trying to preach to them the good news of the gospel, Satan is not going to relinquish that territory easily. You, listen church, we have been called to be invaders. By default then, here's what happens. We position ourselves to, to be the enemy. We're the enemy to all that Satan wants to do. And we have been called to do it. For example, how many know that Jesus called us to be aggressors? Look at your neighbor and say, you're supposed to be aggressive. I'm not talking about this kind of Christianity where you just kind of say, because listen, this is not biblical. I only share my faith with, with, with the, I'm only going to open my mouth if people show an interest or, or you know, they ask me. If they don't talk about it, you know, then my, my only thing with that is, show me where that is in the Bible. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Am I right about it? Matthew 28 and 18. He didn't say sit by and wait and see if they come. He said, go. Everybody said, go. Go. Action. I'm not, I wasn't good in English, but is that an action verb? I'm just, I'm just saying. Go means take action. He said, you go and make disciples. Now, what he's saying is you walk into the enemy's territory and you change it. You walk in and you rescue them. How many know, listen church, here's what I'm trying to say. God, our mission is to liberate those the devil has taken captive to do his will. That's our job. And don't you understand that, that when, so when you hear me say we're at war, when you talk, when you talk about, man, you want to change the lives of people, when you get serious about kingdom business, we can expect serious opposition. And you know, I, I know this and sometimes in, Oh, gosh, I got to move. Sometimes people, you know, what's wrong with foundation? We're not growing. You know, I like to offer something to you. We're unlike any other church. We're unique. I didn't say we're better. I just said we're unique. We're different. Everybody coming here knows that. The core of our ministry is discipleship, making disciples. We're aiming to see people save and transform. So, when, so our aim then is not to just keep people around with good programming and all that. Our aim is to see people's lives transformed, saved. And quite frankly, understanding and Satan knowing that that is the core of our ministry because our ministry will never grow apart from a commitment to make disciples. Y'all hear me? Let, me? let me make this very clear. The anointing for this church is discipleship. The anointing that God has put on this church is discipleship. So if the people are not committed to making disciples and growing, this church will never grow. This Y'all listen to me. Because the anointing is in discipleship. That's what God called us to do. That's what God called me out to start this. That's what it's all about, making disciples. So if you just want to say, well, I just I don't want to do I just want to go to church on Sunday, just, just have a good music and worship and have a good time and just live the rest of my life, just let me alone, then this is the wrong church for you. I'm just being honest. It's the wrong church for you. 
God is calling us. And some of us, we resist that and we come up with all kind of reasons and excuses. But, but let me just say to you that you are here not by accident. God is calling you out. And some of us know who've been in this area for a while. I'm not knocking my area. I'm not knocking other churches. But some of us know that there's a lot of tradition steeped in this, in this community. There's tradition. Boy, there's a, there, the, the, devil has, the devil got his foot. And here we are talking about, you know, and the devil wants to expose us. Hey, look, they can't do this. They can't do that. Because the devil knows that we're on to something. I'm telling you. We're on to something. That's why I stay committed to it, because I believe that we're on to something. And I know I can expect some opposition. You can expect opposition. You want to get serious about the things of God. Wow. I, I, I'm falling way behind. I'm going to have to probably do this in two parts. Because we're going to be we're talking about Daniel. So I'm going to get to that in a moment. But let me just read this verse in Ephesians chapter number 16. I'm, I'm sorry. There's no saying of Ephesians chapter 16. Now, some y'all should jump in and say, hold on, pastor. Wait a minute. I should have heard somebody should have said something. Now I'm concerned because no, nobody said anything. There's no such thing as Ephesians chapter 16. Take, take away the one and it's Ephesians chapter 6. That's where I want to go. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 and 12. Y'all, now we read this verse all the time. I know it. We read it. But this verse is so important as it relates to breakthrough prayer. Because that's what we're talking about. This verse. It says that put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The wiles of the devil. Put it on. Because the arrows are coming. The schemes are coming. Devil ain't going to give up this territory. You're walking in his, to his community on his territory and where the whole world basically is following him. And you're saying we're the church of Jesus Christ and we're here to bring hope. Devil ain't going to give up that territory easily. So if we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. All right. But against principalities. I get this. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. See. Our job is to reach them through proclaiming the God. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. That's not our fight. See, when we start hating people, we are losing. Y'all, y'all listen to me and say amen. This is a powerful message. Listen. See, watch this church. See, when you start saying things like, I hate Trump. I hate Obama. I hate Hillary. I hate this. You're already losing. You don't understand your calling. It ain't got nothing to do with that. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me, church. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. There are spirits behind people. So you got to deal with the spirit, but you got to love the person. Jesus looked at, at Peter, remember? And Jesus said, Peter, get thee behind. He looked right at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Ain't but one way to deal with the devil. Firm. You can't play with the devil. All through scripture, all Jesus ever did was cast them out. He didn't flirt with them. He didn't have a good time with them. He didn't let them hang around. Ain't nothing. The only thing to do with devils is you just got to kick the spirit out. You deal with the spirit of the thing. But we love people. Because God want to reach people in all. How many know that out of one blood, God made all nations of people. And God so loved the world. That means that people that are not like you think differently than you and who are weird, you consider them weird and halfway crazy. God loves them. And you never know if your preaching of the gospel to them will change a lot. But you got to be more committed to preaching the gospel than you are committed to your own agendas. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You got to be more committed to the gospel than your agendas, because if you're more committed to agendas, then you will never have the kind of impact that the church is supposed to have in a very dark 
world. We're fighting, the Bible says, against principalities. All right? Spiritual forces of wickedness in high places. Principalities. This is organized demons that have structure. They're governing over territories. And we'll, we'll see that here in a moment. Satan has demonic forces and leaders that reign over places and territories and, oh, and strongholds that, that are designed to deceive people, mislead people, get people angry, get people mad. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Contrary to what you might think, it's a spiritual warfare. That's what I'm trying to get you to see this morning. In fact, Paul even takes it a step further in 2 Corinthians 10, he says, for we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. Every time you war according to the flesh, you remember the analogy I gave you earlier about the alligator and the bear? Some of us, are, you know, we're fighting in the wrong place. See, we do not war after the flesh. We don't, we don't, we don't do that. Not, 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 not if you want to be an effective Christian, you don't do that. Not if you really want to make disciples, you don't do that. No. The weapons of our warfare are not, are, 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 are not, are, they're not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. How are strongholds going to get pulled down? Strongholds are going to get pulled down through the power of God and nothing else. Not through your great arguments, not through your ability to sit down and through your wise thinking, none of that. It's going to come, strongholds come down through the power of God. Period. Now, we have strongholds all throughout our country, all throughout our nation. And unless you are blind, our nations are, have, have been booby-trapped with strongholds all over the place. And what's sad about it, I look at Facebook sometimes, I can't tell whether some of the folks that I know are even Christian. They come to church every Sunday. I don't even know. I'm like, what is this? Make me think, brother, what are you teaching? Are you listening? I'm wondering, like, what are you hearing on Sunday? What do you think this is? This is not a, a Sunday thing. This is a life. This is who we are. It's, you died in Christ. You have a mission, which is to fulfill his purpose. Daniel finds himself in a situation here. Daniel finds himself in a situation where he, he is praying. Let me, let, me just, let me give you a little bit of a background on Daniel, just so you can understand who this great man was. Because these same men and women of faith experienced the same, uh, the, the same resistance that we experience today. A lot of times we just don't understand the spiritual background behind it all. But I want you to stay with me because if you listen to me this morning, listen to me. Don't worry about the clock this morning. Just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go crazy. But do me a favor. I just want you to hear what I want you to be right now. I want you to sit there and try to hear the spirit. Because what I'm about to say is very important. And, you know, it may not be something that makes you go get goosebumps. But I'm telling you, if you get this into your spirit, you will experience, all of us will experience breakthroughs. Because these devils that we're dealing with and what's hindering us, what's hindering your family, what's in the way of what God want to do. You think that the problem that you're experiencing in your family is just is absent from who you are as a church? As a people, you have identified with God. You're a target. It's time that you understand that. But you don't have to sit down and tolerate stuff. Oh, come on, church. God has given us some weapons. You don't have to sit back and tolerate. No, but I'm going to take, take control of this. 
I'm not going to tolerate the devil messing up in my family no more. Oh, here we go again. Yes, here we go. Get on your knees. Pray to your God and see God move. And stop sitting there saying, well, it's just the way that it is. The devil is a liar. It ain't the way that it is. Daniel was taken captive along with thousands of captives from Judah who were taken into Babylonian exile in 1605 B.C. to 582 B.C. The treasures of Solomon's temple and palace were also transported. The Babylonians had subdued all the provinces ruled by Assyria and had consolidated the empire into an area that covered much of the Middle East. This is a backdrop for Daniel. Because of their wisdom, their knowledge, their handsome appearance, four Hebrew boys were selected for a training program to be trained and skilled in the way of the Babylonians. These were Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and Daniel. The three we call Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It was Daniel, though, that rose to excel all the wise men of the entire empire. It was Daniel. Daniel was granted with a gift. Watch this. He was granted with the gift. This is what God gifted him with. With a with great prophetic insight about times and seasons. And also, Daniel was given, he was given visions that was mind-boggling. And the brother could also interpret dreams. I mean, he was an amazing gift. So oftentimes, for, for those who don't know, uh, if, if, if some of you like to study eschatology, which is really the study of in things, then if you look at, um, a lot of times people will compare the book of Daniel with Revelation because there's a lot of a parallel there. So you want to think, we want to talk talking about the end of things because how many of you, how many of you realize that, just in case we forgot, you do realize that the end of the world is on the way. Y'all do realize that, right? Do, 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 you do realize that the end is on the way. It's coming. It's not if. It's just all we're asking is when. It's going to happen. I'm just telling you, this is, this is biblical truth that is wrapped in history. It's going to happen. So Daniel, the book of Revelation, oftentimes is, is, is really a, a companion to uh, the book of Revelation. Daniel uh, gave insight that paralleled with the information there and talks about in great detail about the end time. So in this particular passage that we're studying today, because it's so, it's so much here, I got to try to consolidate this. But Daniel was granted an amazing vision in Daniel chapter 10. That's the chapter we're looking at. And, and he sought the Lord with all of his heart to gain understanding. So he was, he prayed, but his prayer was delayed. And so I want to talk I'm going to show you just a little bit why his prayer was delayed. The first thing we see there is that, and, and look at uh, Daniel in, in chapter 10, says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was called Bethesajar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message had understanding of the vision. Look, look at verse number two. In those days, I, Daniel, all right, was mourning for three full weeks. All right, think about it. This vision that Daniel saw was so profound. It was so deep that if for three full weeks, it shook him up. He sought the Lord and, and he ate no pleasant food. Look at this church. No meat or wine came into my mouth, he says in verse three. And, and I did not anoint myself at all. In other words, I was stinky. I didn't even take a bath. How do you like that? And I did not anoint myself at all till the three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, understand something, church. Get this into your spirit. Daniel now is at a crossroad because 
division that he was given, if this is not something that was cavalier. This vision affected seasons and times. This vision was about the end of the world. He understood that he was given the responsibility to put out this prophecy, but he didn't quite understand it all. He said, man, God, I, I, I'm, I'm giving, I have this burden. I don't know what to do. I don't understand it all. This is troubling me. I can't think about anything. So what he decided to do, he decided, man, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast and pray. Everybody say fast. See, this revelation affected nations and how the world would end. He needed to get this right. He needed clarity. Is there anybody here that needs clarity about anything? Come on, let me raise your hand. Daniel said, I need some, I need to get clarity. So what did he do? He said, I'm going fast. He said, I'm not going to eat no meat, no wine. He said, look, I'm going to seek the Lord. Now, I know we've been, we've been talking about fasting here, and there are some people that get, get got, they got these different programs come out now called a Daniel fast because, you know, uh, you know, where you just eat just vegetables or you just go with a, uh, a liquid diet, a different types of fast. But the whole idea behind fasting is about allowing yourself to give full devotion, all of your attention to God. And so every time you feel that hunger pain, that's your time to pray. Not go to the refrigerator and say, oh, I wish I could eat this piece of chicken. No, that's your time to pray to see God. You see, fasting is often utilized around very serious issues. Like you remember Esther? The Bible says that she was, that, that she was called for a time like this when her people were on the brink of annihilation. She fasted and prayed because she had to go beg for mercy that her people would stay alive and God showed up. Jehoshaphat, y'all remember, we talked about Jehoshaphat. Man, all the surrounding nations were coming to attack him. And, and Jehoshaphat, he said, look, he called a fast. He said, everybody fast. And guess what? Guess what, church? The fast that Jehoshaphat called, you go back and read it. Don't even take my word for it. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Everybody, man, woman, boy, and girl, the kids, everybody was on a fast. How you know that's when it's really serious? I mean, you, you get to get, I, I want to encourage your parents, put your kids on a fast this week. Put them on a, now, now, be wise. I'm not, it don't necessarily have to be a food fast, a different kind of fast, but put them on a fast. Put them on something that's going to cause them to use that time that they will use be doing other stuff like video games, whatever, and seek God. So how many times, how many hours have you been on the band there, boy? Two hours. Well, we need these two hours a day. We're going to pray. We're going to get Bible. Oh, look at the neighbor say, kids say amen. Come on, kids, say amen. I ain't going to get one amen from them. I know it. Y'all remember Moses? Look at it, they left there. Hey, pastor, you know, they, gonna, they hate me. Give me my gifts back. <laughs> That's what they're saying. <laughs> Moses, Moses fasted when he had the Ten Commandments. How I many days? 40 days. When Jesus, before he began his ministry, Jesus now, the Son of God, Jesus. I mean, God in flesh. Y'all get this? Before he started his ministry, he fasted for 40 days. What's up with us? Because what it is, it's just telling us something that when it comes to spiritual warfare, so church, y'all hear what I'm saying? We got, to really, we got to really get serious about it. And what fasting does is it elevates the thing to a whole other level because now I'm, need, I'm needing to see. I need to understand what God is doing. I need God to move. So you know what, honey? Today, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to give it all I got. I'm going to, because I devoted my, because some of us, let's be honest, because all throughout the whole year, we've been running, ripping and running. And you really don't even hardly get time for yourself because you always got stuff to do. How many of you can really say that you have given full, any significant time to just seeking God? 
where he had all of your attention. That's the season that we have allowed for all of us here in the life of our church. So Daniel prayed and his prayer was delayed. Now look at verse number 11 and 14. First of all, so all of us experience this, right? We, we're praying, man, the prayer get delayed. It seems like God ain't answering. It seems like God's not moving. And, you know, and, and, and a lot of times what happens is, here's what we do. Uh, we, we just kind of, we, we stop. We quit. We say, we ain't, you know, prayer ain't working. I went to prayer, man. I know pastor kept talking about go to prayer week. And I went, I went to prayer. I went to prayer when I went and prayed. I prayed for about five, ten minutes and nothing happened. So I just quit. Y'all get what I'm saying. I, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I've been praying past for about a year and praying for about two years for this, three, four, five years, nothing happened yet. Time to quit. The Bible says, be not weary in doing good for in due season, you will reap if you, what? Don't faint. So what's the, so if you faint, what happens? You ain't going to reap nothing. Watch. I want to get this. I'm going to get this. So Daniel now, but his prayer was delayed. And I look at it, verse 11 in Daniel chapter 10. It says, And O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. Stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel. Now, this is the angel. We believe it's the angel Gabriel because he had given him a message earlier. And, and Gabriel is known to be the, the angel to always bring the messages. You know, when, when, when Mary was, was uh, uh, when, when, when Mary got pregnant, was conceived, it was Gabriel that came and told her the good news. Gabriel is always the messenger angel. He said, do not fear, Daniel, for the, from the first day. Look at verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, watch this, and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. From the first day. Now, so watch this. God dropped this deep revelation on Daniel. Now, how many know that if God going to drop a deep revelation on you and he wants you to get it out, don't you think that God will probably want you to understand it to some extent if you're going to articulate it the right way? So Daniel was praying now. Daniel could have prayed for a couple hours and said, you know what? I'm just going to, this must not have been of God. Because I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't get this. But what did Daniel do? Daniel stayed at it. He said, from the first day, then, here's what the angel said, from the very first day that you prayed, God heard you. Well, how, why did God wait me? 21 days have passed, and here I am. I still don't have clarity. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with this. But look at verse 13. It says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Look at this, church. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision referred to many days not yet to come. So watch this. So his prayer was heard. Some of you right now, you're thinking, man, did God hear my prayer? God heard your prayer? From the very first day, you opened your heart, you got on your knees, and you asked God to save your son, to save your daughter, to move. God heard. But how many know you're in warfare? But the Bible says the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. So here we are, Gabriel now. Gabriel has a message from God to get to Daniel because Daniel prayed and asked. Just like many of us, we pray and ask. All of a sudden, the king of Persia, which really was an evil angel, 
that opposed Gabriel in heavenly warfare. That's all he was. The king of Persia was an was a, 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 a evil angel. This evil angel was anointed with Persian power in an effort to thwart the work of God. The king of Persia. In other words, just like we, we, we talked about territorial demon, this was a territorial demon right here. All right? The, the, you can say the prince of the, you, you can, you, if you want to localize it, the prince of the, of the kingdom of Stafford, the prince of the kingdom of San Francisco, the prince of the kingdom of Washington, D.C. Are y'all following me? Territorial demons were stopping. The prayer had been answered. You, you see, now watch. This tells me, but man, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes, man, that's blocking me. That's in the way. He said, and, and angel, Gabriel said, angel, Gabriel said, Daniel, I was coming. God heard you the first day, but there was some opposition. The enemy got in the way, and it was Michael. Michael is called the chief angel. He had to come and fight to set Gabriel free so he can get the message. And you're sitting there thinking, man, God, God ain't hearing me. God don't, you, you follow what the devil, you following what the devil will do to us? God don't care. Yeah, God does care about you. God is listening to you, but you got to understand, church, that you're in warfare. You're on the enemies. You're invading. So you're going to get some opposition. Are y'all still hearing me? You see, this tells me, church, that, that this goes back to what I said earlier. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. That's not your battle. That's not your fight. See, when God moves, Satan responds. I'm going to say that again. When God moved, Satan always responds. Look, look, at, look at scripture. It's just the way that it works. We, we see it all through scripture. Every significant move of God is preceded by some season of increased difficulty. I, I mean, just think about it in your own personal life. Man, why does this keep happening to me? See, like, man, every time I make a step forward, y'all hear me? Something always keep pulling me back. Oh, somebody gonna get released today. And you just say, man, I, you, every now and then you would say it, man, I need a breakthrough. I need to get through this. I just keep getting stuck right here. Perhaps there's spiritual warfare going on. And it just keep holding you back. I believe that it's in part holding this church back. Ain't no doubt in my mind. We're living it. We're living it because of the calling that God has put on us. Oh, man, I just need to find me. I'm just letting you know this is what we're up against. Whenever, see, if we are, and here's the key. Here's the, hear this. You listen to me say amen. See, if we're not encountering opposition, there is credible reason to believe that we are not attacking a strategic location, for an example. Um, you may not talk about how the, how the enemy has all about location and, and, and the territorial demons, and, and, and usually uh, uh, opposition is a sign that you're on to something. See, when, you, when you're fighting the enemy, when, 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 they started, when, when they started amassing all their forces, and how many know Satan got demons, he got them all over the place, and, and watch, when, when he sees a threat, he's going to start bringing all his demonic forces to try to position himself because he sees that you are a threat to what he want to do. He want to keep people in bondage, and the only way that you want to get out of it, you got to pray your way out of it. You got you to pray for a breakthrough, and you got to pray and pray. Now, what? Let me, let me, let me show you this. Let me, let me, this. This is important because hear what Daniel did here. Y'all still listen to me say amen. I really want y'all to get I feel like I'm going 100 miles an hour because I'm, I'm trying to be respectful of your time. But Daniel chapter 10, 12, 
Then he said to the angel, watch this. So the angel said to him, get this. So, so the angel said to him in verse number 12, then he said to me, do not feel, Daniel, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. But, and then he said, but his, he says something important. Look, he said, and I have come because of your what? Y'all get it? Because Daniel kept praying for 21 days. He didn't quit. He kept at it. See, if you're going to experience a breakthrough, you got to keep going. You can't stop praying. You can't stop praying. You can't quit. You can't give up. How many of you have been praying for something for a while? You ain't see it happen. You stop. Be honest. Be honest. You just you ain't praying for it. You just stop. You stop believing God. Come on. You saying ain't no way. You just you just gave up. The angel said to Daniel, because of your words, y'all get that? He says, because of your words, I came. And and, and now, now listen. Now and I don't believe this is this is this is true. And I believe with all of my heart. See, if there is no prayer, nothing would happen. Let me, let, me, let me put it to you this way. Jesus said my house should be called a house of what? Prayer. Jesus said men are always praying not to faint. Well, why would he say that? Why would he call us to pray? Why? I mean, every time we turn around, Jesus, Jesus had to, he always talked about praying. He always did it. Why? Because there's some things that are not going to move in your life until you pray. You have the power to make it happen through your prayers. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? In other, words, in other words, God has ordained that our prayers, now, I, I, listen, are y'all hearing this? Say amen. God has ordained that our prayers make the difference and usher in spiritual victory. God has set that in motion. So if you ain't using it, it's your fault. Because God has ordained. He said, okay, listen, this is how I'm going to move. You got to pray this thing through. You got to pray through a breakthrough. That's the only way it's going to happen. You've got to pray through. God has ordained it to be that way. God could have just, how I many know God could do anything when he want, how he want? I mean, we all know he's all powerful, but there are some things that God said, I ain't going to move until you move. God, because you're in spiritual warfare. And here's what God is saying. And this is why I say you fathers, you who are in control, you leaders, li listen to me. We've got to take authority in our home. We've got to put the TV down, put down the games and we, look, some, we need, oh brother, I got to go to God. This is, I, I can't have this no more. And if your husband, if your, my wife, my mom would say husband. My, my mom always say husband. She never say husband. She's a husband. And if your husband ain't acting right, then you who is a spiritual leader, you go to God and you stay with God and you don't quit. Why? Because God has ordained Things happen as a consequence of your prayers. That's the importance of our prayers. That's how God does it. And I believe, and I don't think, I, I really believe, had Daniel not prayed the way he prayed and he stayed at it, that that warfare, that he probably would have lost that. He wouldn't have got that revelation that he was seeking. But I believe Daniel prayed through, he stayed at it, he was consistent, and because he prayed it through, he was consistent, God opened the door. Because it's spiritual warfare. That's what it is. So why sit back and just say, why my, my kids are this way, my sons are that way, my job is this way, I got these things. Why? You don't have, listen, pray for a breakthrough. Pray it through. And you stay at it. You can't make people do anything. You can't. 
But, but you know what? They can't keep you off your knees. <laughs> oh, glory to God. They can't keep you off your knees because your power is in your knees. It's when you bow down and you pray, brother. That's what war room is all about. Y'all, that's, that's the war room. That's where it is. And your, God has given you prayer to get you the victory. You're sitting there trying to deal with it on the flesh. You're wrestling that doggone alligator on dry land. But, but, but the point is, we're trying, to, we're trying to fight this battle with the flesh. We're trying to, we're trying to make people do things with the fleshly means. And our battle really, church, is really, the battle is in the, it's in the spirit. It's on our knees. If you want to see change in our nation, change in our community, change in your home, pray, pray for God to break it through. You ain't going to break it through. You ain't that smart. Well, I'm your mother. I brought you in the world. I think, well, no, I'm your daddy. What that means? That don't mean you ain't really do that. Honestly, you have no authority. Jesus said to Pilate, he says, you have no authority unless it was given to you on a, from above. Our authority comes from here. Pray for your breakthrough. Your breakthrough, don't tolerate stuff no more. Pray. Let people say what they want to say, but they can't stop you from praying. Church, this week, I'm asking, listen, listen, we got a lot of things to pray for. Man, we got to pray for our church. Man, we need to grow. We need to make disciples. We got a lot of things we want to do. We got to get this thing moving. We, I, I need, if you're serious about our church and your church and you want this thing to grow, then come out here and let's together, let's call on the name of the Lord. Let's be Daniel this week and pray it through. And let's just stop sitting back saying, well, let's hope and pray. Look, when you got some stuff going on at home that you're battling with, with your kids, pray the thing through. This is your week. Pray it through, brother. Do like Daniel. Stay at it. Because what we see is that Daniel got the breakthrough because he didn't quit. He was committed. Everybody say committed. 